the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means Paula is live in studio. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about something maybe going on in your life. Whatever's on your heart, all you have to do is call 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the weather's better, thank the Lord. But if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Welcome to the show. Ta-da! Thank you. I'm here. I've, I've been here for a little while. We had a good day? We've had a great day. You know, I enjoy being with you. Other than looking beautiful, what's up? Well, you want to say that one more time? I don't think I heard you correctly. Okay. Other than looking drop-dead beautiful, Mm -hmm. what's up? Well, you know, I'm getting ready for the women's retreat, and I've let my my radio listening audience, that's so fun to say. Before the foundation of the earth, yeah. the Lord knew I'd be sitting here. You, you change it a little bit. Instead of the radio listening audience, well, today you took possession of it. Okay. My radio listening audience. I said my? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are something else, Paula. Thursday, it's your day. So anyway, <laughs> so I've been tell, telling them that I was going to bring a scripture each week about, you know, part of our theme is, uh, well, our theme is walking the light from First John 1, 7. But um, I just had this brilliant idea. You know where it came from, because <laughs> the Lord. So to bring a, a like a theme scripture each week until our, our um, retreat is over. So today is Psalm 43, 3 and 4, where it says, after, you know, the, he, David's pleading for the Lord to vindicate him and to rescue him from, you know, ungodly nation and deceitful men, um, he says, um, Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. So, yeah, we just we just walking in the light with the Lord. This is what he will do. He'll hear our prayers for one thing, but send forth your light, the light and truth. You know, I like the word delight in there. I know. That's uh, yeah. one of my favorite words. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, let them bring me to your holy mountain. And, you know, I don't go to a holy mountain, but to the place where you dwell. Um, on my way here, there's a, church, a song called uh, I Want to Go to Church. And the lyric starts out where at one time he didn't want to go to church and things got really bad. And he said, well, take me back to the place where I belong, to the people who you know, 
I can trust. And so it sounds like John Denver, the way you said that. Oh, really? Yeah. Take me back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Did you hear all the people when I started singing just a few words? Everybody just turned the volume the down, turn the radio off. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't sing me. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I love coming to church. You know, even coming to the church building for this radio program, um, I, I, I really like it. I love being in the place where God dwells, and I love being with the people of God in the place where God dwells. So here we are. You know, when you hang out with the Lord and when you delight to be in his presence, <laughs> um, worship, and, and that doesn't mean music, although that's clearly one way that people worship. Mm -hmm. um, but worship it results, and Dave said, delight to praise you, O oh God. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just sort of what motivated his life. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons that, that David is identified, and this is befuddling to us, but he's identified as a man after God's own heart. The sweet psalmist. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was because above all other things, compare this to Solomon, his son, who had everything. David didn't have everything. It worked for him. But, but Solomon had everything and, and found he didn't delight. He was chasing everything else. David, no matter what he was doing, good times and bad, mm -hmm. he was always chasing that delight mm -hmm. of being in the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I can see David out under the stars watching the sheep with a, a lyre or a harp. Mm -hmm. And he's playing it, and mm -hmm. and whether they sang songs or just spoke them, mm -hmm. sort of ancient world rap or something. <laughs> His delight in life was to to praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah, I think we can all learn something from that. Mm -hmm. Paula, before we go to stuff you want to talk about, okay, we did get a question specifically for the date they show today. Today, mm -hmm. so I want to read it. And let uh, you and I deal with it. We'll deal with it. Uh, hi, Pastor Ron. This is Carlos from the Northeast Side again. Two days in a row I got Carlos. Cool. We, I, we talked about you this morning mm -hmm. at breakfast. Yeah. Uh, I just have a quick question. Does the Bible or Jesus say anything about gossiping or people minding their own business? <laughs> Sorry if it sounds rude, but in today's work environment, there's so much gossip and people drawing their own conclusions. I would love to have your wife's input as well, since it's the Thursday date day of the show. Thank you and God bless. Um, Carlos, let me just say one thing. I'm going to let Paula answer this because she's obviously dealt with this a bunch of times. Um, Jesus did say something about minding your own business mm. um, when uh, Jesus was restoring Peter and showed him the kind of death that he would suffer. And at that moment, John, the apostle, walked by and uh, Peter just realized, well, wait a minute, I'm going to die. And, and, and Jesus said, or he said to Jesus, well, well what about him? And, and here's what Jesus said. Now, this isn't the word written in your Bible, but this is what Jesus said. Peter, mind your own business. <laughs> What my business with John is between me and John, you mind your own business. And um, uh, I think, Paula, one of the things that uh, we all would do well to pay attention to is just that which affects us and not worry so much about what God is doing in other people's lives. So talk about gossip, honey. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of looking it up. Um, you can maybe look it up on your thing. Your Romans, uh, the scripture really talks about gossip. We, we are supposed to mind our own business. Romans one twenty nine. Um, let me see. I can go to my... Da, da, da. Hold on. Hold on, Carlos. We're getting there. Do, 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 do. Romans. You going to get Romans one twenty nine, babe? Okay. Um, and it says what? They become filled with every kind of wickedness. This is on the unbelieving world. Mm -hmm. um, they've been filled with every kind of wickedness. <coughs> Bless you. Evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. And then it goes on. Mm -hmm. Slanderers, God-haters, <coughs> insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey the parents. And it, goes to this, it just goes on and on and on. But gossips are included in that list. And so it says gossips right there. So, yeah, Scripture definitely um, talks about gossips. Let me see in... in uh, in first, no, second Corinthians, uh, twelve twenty, 
it says this. For I'm afraid that when I come, Paul talking about coming back to the Corinthian church, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, faction, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. And he's talking to people in church. And so we too, you know, we talked about this one time on the show. Um, When we were still in California, and Ron was, was saved then, and we were going to this little community church, and somebody had told me something about what somebody else had done. And I was stupid. I, you know, I listened. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you listen to what other people say and you you know them already and you think, well, they would never say anything bad about somebody. Anyway, I repeated that. And then to come to find out, it wasn't true. And even if it had been true, I had no business listening to that and or repeating that. That was gossip. And so I had to learn some really hard lessons over my years. But, yeah, the Lord hates that. Um, Paul said, I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, faction, slander, gossip, gossip. We just talk about stuff we have no business talking about. Then let's go to Second Thessalonians. Um, let me see here. Second Thessalonians. Um, where am I? Three eleven. What's that say? We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies, and that's what gossipers are as well. They're in everybody's business, and they let everybody else know what they know about somebody else. But you know what? We don't really know what we think we know. We don't even know the word correctly. Um, but to to hear stuff about what other people, what they are, what they're doing, that's not our business. We should be taking our very own hearts, like we were talking about, I think, last week. Why do you look at the speck in somebody else's eye when you got this big plank in yours? And, you know, it's so easy to talk about other people when the Lord says, uh, hello, hello, let me deal with your heart. Yeah. Jesus spoke a lot about it, you know, in the, in, in, in his ministry. Um, he was the object of gossip. Mm-hmm. And and Carlos, let me give you just a, a, a basic definition of gossip that that I think works. Gossip is anything bad you say or listen to about someone with the intention of causing harm. Yeah, that's really important. It, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not true. Gossip is anything bad you say or hear, listen to somebody else say um, that is bad about them. Now, if they're there in, in, in the conversation, it ceases to be gossip. When, when you're talking with the person or to the person, it's the object of the gossip. But, but when you're sharing stories, um, true or not, and your intention is to cause them harm, whether you're saying it or listening to it, that's gossip. Now, I want to be clear that this does not mean if somebody has done something bad and you know it, and you go to somebody and say, um, uh, to a church leader, a pastor, or somebody, and say, well, this person is doing this, and and uh, you leave with the pastor, that's not gossip. That's just, this is, I know this is true. Uh, uh, this person comes to our church. Um, you need, the church needs to deal with this issue. But um, just the gossip that we talk about other people and we like to hear it. It tickles our flesh. We like to hear it. So um, just stay away from it. Your question, you said uh, there's so much gossip and people drawing their own conclusions in the work environment. Uh, as a Christian, Carlos, your only responsibility is to remove yourself from the place mm-hmm. where that's occurring. That's one of the ways that people will see you're different. And Paula, to use your term, walk in the light, that's one of the ways you walk in the light because you're literally walking away from the darkness Mm -hmm. of the moment. And I just think it's something, Carlos, that you need to be strong enough to say, look, uh, I don't want to listen to anything bad about somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, Paula, when we do counseling, it's it's so hard because people want to trash each other. And, And whether it's just we're talking to one of the people or both parties. Yeah. It's look, we're not here to listen to that. Mm-hmm. We're not here. We're here to tell you what Jesus would say. And um, it's just it just makes us feel better mm-hmm. to rag on somebody else. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. Uh-huh. You know what? In um, 
in Romans 1.17, the Bible says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that those of us who engage in gossiping or talebearing will cause the wrath of God to fall upon us. We don't want that. You know, the just be with Jesus, can you imagine? You're just being with Jesus, and all of a sudden you start gossiping about somebody. (laughs) Jesus is nice, so he doesn't slap us. You know, in the face, like, shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. But um, when we uh, end up saying stuff that we have no business saying, the conviction, um, you'll, you'll feel it. You'll, you'll we'll feel it. The wrath of God. He's like, you know better. As hard as it is for us, Paul, I think sometimes we just got to remember that the person that we're speaking ill of is the object of Jesus' love. I know. And he loves them as much as he loves us. You know, when in the book of Philippians, Paul has these two women who've contended Mm. earnestly for the faith Mm -hmm. at his side, uh, Euodia and Sintuki. And um, and, and, and his heart is broken because they can't get along. Brothers, I urge you, do something. Help these women get along. The the unity of the body is at stake here. Uh, Well, when we speak ill of another Christian, that's when... Uh, Jesus' heart is broken. Mm -hmm. And what breaks his heart is supposed to break our heart. And unfortunately, it just doesn't. So, Carlos, thank you for the question. Appreciate it very, very much. Good to hear from you Uh, again. Oh, man, Ron, I remember, uh, you know, so many times when, like, I think you had a question yesterday about how does God, yeah, in fact, you did, I think it was yesterday, how does God love, you know, people who are just so evil? And I remember... Saying, Lord, those people, and I could hear the Lord. You mean those people that I love, those people that I died for, even though they haven't accepted me yet, those people, those are the ones you're talking to. <laughs> so whenever I say that, it's like, uh, oops, because he died for them as well. And one day they may get saved, and he might want to use the likes of somebody like me, or, that or, person. Or maybe they're saved, and when they're praying for you, you're one of those people in, <laughs> yeah. their, in their prayer conversation yeah. with the Lord. So. Yeah. We just be careful. It's, it's, it's easy to be nice. You know, in the list of the fruits of the Spirit, um, gossip and envy and jealousy uh, won't be found. They'll be found in the bad fruit of the flesh. Yeah. Um, and, and we've got to be aware of that. Just, it's just we have to remove ourselves yeah. from gossip. And unfortunately, gossip is one of the prevailing sins in the church. Mm. Um, we spiritualize it. We use some some religious sounding language. Uh-huh. Um, we gossip in our prayers. Yeah. Um, the reality is, God says, "Hey, just uh, how about you just pray for them yeah. with a heart that really wants me to bless them." Yeah. yeah. So, hope that helps, Carlos. Yeah. Okay, Paul, you got the rest. Oh, we got no, we got Kenny on line one now. Okay, one other thing though, <clears throat> with when people come to us and say stuff about other people, you have instructed this church to say, let's go to that person, you and me together, and and confront them or talk to them about this. And most of the time, they don't want to. No, not most of the time. <laughs> you know how many times anybody's ever taken me up on that? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero. So I always tell the the lady that I'm talking to in. Right to her face. Okay, so if this gets back around at our church, I'll know it was you that spread it. I'll be looking for you. Not like to beat him up. No, just to say, <laughs> why did I, you do that? Yeah, very good. I'm not going to beat up anybody. I know, but it oh. just it sounded threatening the way you well, said it, it, just the words that you okay. used. And I, I know you didn't mean That's why I said it. Maybe so, I didn't mean yeah. it. Let's go to Kenny on line one from San Antonio. <laughs> Kenny, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Thank you for uh, answering my call, Pastor Ron. I just heard uh, the last caller talk about gossip, and I didn't know if this was like Jesus talked about this in the Bible, and uh, maybe the reverse of gossip, or to live, not to isolate yourself, but to live a quiet life. If you could help me on that and uh, tell me where uh, Scripture, not to... Um, you know, like isolate or draw back from anybody or just be silent, but like to mind your own business or if I'm 
if I'm saying that right. Yeah, Kenny, I think so. I, I get what you're, where you're coming from. And, and certainly a quiet life, um, Paul, when he's talking about submitting to authorities, he talks about so that we can lead a quiet life, a, a life that's dedicated in to our service for the Lord. Um <clears throat> You know, there are people that are confrontational. There are people that are not confrontational. And God would say the same thing to both of them. Mind your own business, and I'll deal with you, and you deal with me. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think, Kenny, that we need to remember is that God is big enough to go get anybody at any time, at any any phase of their walk with the Lord. And so um, you, you don't have to isolate yourself. You don't have to be afraid of saying anything. But uh, I'll just, just tell you what my grandma told me. When I was a very, very young boy, and I've never forgotten it, she must repeat it to me a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I think that ought to be the rule. First John, which we're getting ready to go to on our Sunday morning studies in a few more weeks. I've been reading it over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, John talks about uh, how can the love of God be in you if you don't love your brother? And... Um, what we got to do is got to practice being kind. We got to practice being generous and gracious, uh, forgiving. And so I think um, it's not like being kind is the opposite of gossiping. It's simply that uh, we have to refuse anything, any behavior that is unkind as it relates to another person. Mm-hmm. And um, when Jesus said. Um, in terms of giving, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing is true. The same principle is true in terms of of just keeping to yourself and your walk with the Lord. Let God take the other ones. First Thessalonians chapter four verse eleven says that we're to aspire to live quietly, to attend to your own matters. That's just a nice way of saying mind your own business. So, <laughs> Kenny, that's the passage that you're referring to. First Thessalonians chapter four verse mm-hmm. eleven. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Yeah. In uh, 1 Peter 3, uh, verse 4, well, I'll go to 3, uh, talking about wives. Um, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Um, yeah. Just... You know, and I used to think, quiet. That's you exactly know, what I'm laughing. That's, why, that's laughing. why I started laughing. When you read that, I thought, oh, quiet. No. oh man, I don't know if I'm saying or not. Yeah, Paul said, that's just not me. <laughs> yeah. And and Paula's not quiet, but she does have a gentle spirit. Well, and the quiet spirit comes from when you can hear the Lord say, I got this. I'm holding you. I already know about that. Why don't you just trust me? That's where the quiet spirit comes in instead of me battling um, either with myself or with people. Just trust the Lord that he has. He has us. So, yeah. I think I like quietness, tell you the truth. When I'm home, I I don't hardly, I don't have the TV going. When I'm home by myself, um, 99% of the time it's just quiet at my house. You know, one of the things that we can, we, we remember is that you can be quiet and direct you can be kind and direct. And Paula, in your life, one of the the gifts that God has given you is the ability to be very direct with people um, because they know um, that you love them. Uh, you have a lot of equity, love equity. Yeah. And so they know who you are. They know your character. And so they'll receive that without it being perceived as being critical or, or unkind Um you know, the world accuses us of being unkind if we tell anybody what you're doing is wrong. But but we are obligated to tell people. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, you can't talk like that. You've mm-hmm. got to, you, you're different. You've got to be different than you used to be. And um, there are some people who have taken that as being unkind. Like, mm-hmm. I'm judging them. I'm not. I'm just saying this is what a Christian looks like. Mm-hmm. But I do it kindly. I do it my heart. Check before God. I'm, I'm looking for the plank in my eye mm-hmm. uh, before I go looking for a speck in somebody else's eye. Yes. I think if we keep that healthy fear of God and combine that with understanding that God's love for that person um, is equal to his love for you, I think then we find a platform from which mm-hmm. we can minister to people mm-hmm. in a very direct way. And I don't think there's any 
benefit or value at all in beating around the bush. Um, as you know, Paul, in our nearly 29 years of doing this, um, we've spent a lot of time trying to convince people to follow Jesus. Stop doing what you're doing this bad. Start doing what Jesus wants you to do. And, and we've learned after all these years that we can't convince anybody. So what we do is we'll start a counseling session by saying, um, you know, things can get better quickly if you do what the Lord says. If you don't do what the Lord says, I promise you that things will get worse quickly. Mm-hmm. That's just the way God works. Yeah, yeah. If you choose to do what is right, will it not go well with you? <laughs> God said that way back to Cain after uh, his he was contemplating murdering his brother. Yeah. Well, I just... Ha- when I'm laughing at that scripture because one of the teachers, I, I said, how you doing? He said, it was a rough day. He said, you know that scripture where he had to say this a couple of times today. If you do what is right, will it not go well with you? Yeah. So uh. We've got 30 minutes left of the day day show. We love your calls and questions. 340-9585. We're toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our program. Paula is here. She's got lots of answers. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula? Ask me anything. I'm going to take, take a nap. <laughs> the show's now yours. <laughs> you know, I talk about... Um, I love this radio program, but the other day, because, you know, I'm trying to be pre-prepared for this show. <laughs> so on Tuesday, the Lord woke me up with Joshua 24. Let me see. Do I know where Joshua is? Here we go. 24. And I read the whole chapter, of course. Um, but let me see. 24 right here. Um, where he he's asking... The people, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And for me, I, I wanted to stop right there. Choose this day whom you will serve. Um, and then I, I kind of thought about that. Choose this day. Am I going to serve the Lord? Or am I going to serve myself? And so, in my study on Monday night, I, I said, every morning when you get up, we can be either grateful. We can choose. We can choose. We can choose to be grateful or grumpy. We could be joyful, or I know you don't like rhyming stuff, <laughs> but I like rhyming stuff because it, it sticks in my mind. So you can be grateful or grumpy, and it's so easy to be grumpy. You know, you can start thinking about what you don't have. It's so early. My okay, body I'm hurts. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, but to start listing the things that you're grateful for, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation, kind of stuff. But then. We'll go on to the next one. You can you can be joyful or you can be junky. Oh, man, I got to go to work. And, you know, that, that person there who gossips all the time, you know, you can start thinking junky instead of joyful with the Lord. I'm going to go to work with Jesus today. And I'm going to try to be the light for of Christ for those people. Um, and then you can also decide if you want to walk in peace or do you want to walk in peril, you know? There's so much going on, and now with my cell phone and all the texts and stuff, um, it's sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. It's easy to be irritable these days, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, hold, so, keep your thought. Hold okay. your thought. We got a long distance call, Jeff from Philadelphia on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Uh, hello. Yes, did I hear that correctly? Was that joyful or junky? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You could just be bringing all your junk in, and the Lord says, "Remember, you already dumped that. I already forgave you of that, and, and and that's the past. Let's forget about the past and move on." Is this the Jeff who used to come here a while back? It, it sure is. I heard the voice, Jeff. Uh-huh. What are you doing in Philadelphia? What are you doing in Philadelphia, man. Uh, are y'all going to have waffles and ice cream in the new restaurant? That's all I want to know. We will have waffles and ice cream if and, you'll come back. Wait, wait, wait. 
is chicken and waffles. I just had that for the first time in my life this, no, last year, and it changed my life. So we're going to have chicken and waffles and, and then some ice cream on the side. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's me. How are and, you doing, uh, Jeff? Oh, my word. Um, I just came back from a year in India and in Nepal where I was teaching school. Mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, at a non-sectarian school for seven months in India, a uh, really highly resourced school. Non-sectarian only because they didn't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to Nepal, and I was at two different schools in the foothills of the Himalayas. Um, one town, they had never had an American sleep there overnight. Oh and in the school, I was the first volunteer they ever had, let alone an American. So here I am as a Christian and an American and, a you know, just giving the best witness I can uh, when little startup churches and homes are getting, you know, people are getting chased out and you can't do, you, it, you just, it's very, very hard to, to spread, spread the gospel over there. Mm-hmm. But it was a, um, it was an amazing experience. And when I knew I had to come back, uh, I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, Lord, send me where you need me the most, not where I particularly want to go. Uh, and by the way, here's my four options. If you can just pick one of these four, that'd be great. Thank you, Lord. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go where you say, but it's got to be one of these four places, right? <laughs> that's right. He laughed just like Pastor Ron did. Yeah. Like, wow, Pastor Ron, you sound like God just now. <laughs> so I've been in Philadelphia, and uh, I lived here for 20 years before I moved to Texas. And then um, I, I just sauntered back to the church where I was saved in, which is changed completely, but there's still a lot of the old guard there. And uh, it was, I found that a program that I helped to get off the ground some 20 years ago was an after-school program in the inner city was still in existence, and the church had been sewing into it. They needed help. I started helping with that. Next thing I know, I'm in the candidacy, candidacy progress, uh, process to become a co-pastor of an inner city church. Oh, my goodness. And and then I'm like looking online. I'm like going Antonio, and of course the lessons. And I've been listening to you guys for about about two weeks now, and I've been just like nervous about calling you because I love you so much. I've missed you so much, and I see that new that new building that's happening, and watching Matt, Pastor Matt talk about everything, and and I'm like, oh man, if if something if it's if God's not calling me here, I'm just rushing back to things. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a relief it is to know that you're doing well. I've been praying for you, and and uh, mm-hmm. it's just really, really good to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want—I just want the two of you to know that even I, although I was with you for a short season, you gave me, and also a very painful season in my life because mm-hmm. I was going through a divorce at that time. Yeah, um, it was probably the richest experience that God could ever have given to me in, in light of my healing. And to, I have always complimented the church because to me, the work that you're doing and the fellowship that's there, the camaraderie and the spirit, the unity of the spirit, uh, the pastors that are, you know, just, so uh, well, well versed. No pun intended, but just really understand the word, word and study the expository preaching that happens. Everything, the music, Pastor Lane crying all the time. You know, <laughs> it that was, doesn't, it that was, doesn't change. No, it doesn't. It just a, it was a remarkable experience for me, and it's been like a benchmark for me now going forward and whatever God has me do. Uh, and I just want to thank you. I've been in your home once for Thanksgiving, and uh, you two are just, you, you, you're like mentors for me, and, and you don't even know it. So I want to thank you. Thank you, Jeff. You made, my, you made my week just to know you're doing well, and serving the Lord is, mm-hmm. uh, is an unbelievable gift. So thank you very much for that. And by the way, even if you have to stay in Philadelphia, our home is always open for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You can come anytime. You don't even have to announce yourself. Just show up. 
<laughs> you don't want that. You don't want me to just show up. God bless you, my friend. Good, good to hear from Thank you. you. Uh-huh. That's I'll send you an email. All okay, right. good. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Mama Paula. Bye. Bye, sweetie. God bless you. We got Ruben on line two from Seguin. Ruben, thank you for calling. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron. Mama Paula, how you doing? I pray doing that well. you guys are well. We yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, that was such a a blessing. The guy before me, and I, I hate to bring it down, and I don't want to bring it down, but I, just, okay. I need to ask you a question, Pastor Ron. I'm, okay. I, too, like he said, I've never told you this, but I, I, I look to you like a mentor uh, because you have helped me for the past 11 years. I mean, get through depression and defeat that and correct me when I was wrong, set me on the right path. And even though you're not my pastor, um, I consider you a mentor. And, and this past year... Um, with what happened to me and the legal situation, and you know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Mm-hmm. And the passing of my father, I have just been struggling so much with my faith. And I feel, and I, I just want to ask you this, I just feel so, so far from God. And I feel that, like, he hasn't, he, that he's, literally taking his hand off of me because I don't feel him anymore. I don't feel the same way that I used to when I read the word. Um, Even the guilt of doing something that I'm not supposed to do is there. It's not there anymore. And it's me. It's, It's me. Like he told me, it's me. And I'm just like, how do I change me? What do I do? When I ask God to, you know, when I, I always refer back to when Samuel uh, was being dedicated as 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 a, a king over Israel and David, he said these words to, uh, to to God and it just resonated in me. He said, Lord, make my people's heart loyal to you. And that's what I tell God, but I don't feel anything, Pastor Ron. Yeah. I don't feel it anymore. And I'm so scared and terrified that if, God forbid, something were to happen to me, I would be lost forever, and I don't want that. But the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And that's the bad part about it, is that I know the Word. I don't... So, Pastor Ron, I need guidance. I mean, I know you're not my pastor, but... I don't have a church. I just listen to you on the radio, and I listen to your... Uh, sometimes I, look, I watch the services. What do I do? Where am I at? Ruben, this is, this is really serious, so please listen carefully. I did a Bible study last night, um, Amos chapter 4. Um, I did chapters 3 and 4 last night. But in chapter 4... Um, God keeps reaching out to his people. And, and he says, look, I've, I've sent you, and I'm just going to summarize it, uh, Reuben. Uh, I've sent you a restlessness. I've sent you leanness of soul. Uh, I've deprived you of the things that you need. And I'm talking about uh, food and water and, and, and those kind of things. And, and in every t- instance, five times in that passage of Scripture, he says, yet you have not returned to me. And you're at a place where... Um, um, I mean, the enemy is pounding. You know that. Um, Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But when we're falling away from the Lord, when we're doing things that we know we're not supposed to do, the enemy is going to be there and he's going to turn up the heat and he's going to pound you. And he, the, the condemnation, Reuben, comes from him. God never takes his hand off of us. We know that because the word says That's true. And what God wants you to do is grow up a little bit. And when I say grow up, I mean, he wants you to know that his word is true. And it no longer requires goosebumps. It no longer requires you feeling the presence of God, that you know the presence of God is there. Now, you won't find a single Bible character 
uh, somebody that was used by God who didn't go through these times where they would paraphrase what you're saying. You know, I just don't feel you anymore, Lord. I, 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 the word, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me like it used to. God wants you to know those things. You know, babies need training wheels on, on their, their bikes. Um, um, they, they need to be watched continually. But at some point, we have to mature. When Paul's writing to the Hebrews, he says, by now you ought to be teachers, but we've got to start all over in the elementary things of God again and again. And what he's talking about in that particular instance is spiritual laziness. You're drifting away, and part of it is because you're spiritually lazy. And so Reuben, what the Lord would tell all of us to do in a situation like this is grow up. It can't be about you. Your life has to be about him. And the things that he's done, and again, the leanness of soul, and I think that's a great description of what you you just shared, and the restlessness that God has allowed into your life, the, the, the lack of peace that's there. It's God saying to you, Reuben, come to me. Now, we all know that Jesus with his arms open said, come unto me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, and Reuben, I think a lot of times, and I won't make this personal with you, I just think the human condition is that our relationship with God is way, way, way more about us than it is about him. And so what we got to do is say, Lord, I'm your servant. You know, when the Apostle Paul, as Saul of Tarsus, was apprehended on the road to Damascus, um, after the Who Are You, Lord incident, and all, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, uh, Jesus says, I've appointed you as a servant and a witness. And that means Paul as a servant had no choice. Reuben, I've told you for years that you need a church. And you can find all kinds of reasons not to be in a church, not to be active, not to be serving. Uh, but the reality is that there's really no excuse at all. A healthy walk with Lord requires a vibrant fellowship. A healthy walk with Lord requires a, 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 a relationship with a word where God can minister to you. But, but when we're not obedient to what we know God is telling us to do, you said it yourself, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. If if we can't get to the next place Paul is when he says that, oh, wretched man that I am, the reality is that what we're doing is we're being disobedient and we're shutting God out from the ability to come near. And God will use all of those things to help us grow up but Reuben, it's just, you've got to realize this is a fight for your life. Now, I'm going to say something, Reuben, based on, on 11 years of experience with you. I know you're saved. You know you're saved. But you're inviting this leanness of soul into your heart through disobedience. You're inviting this leanness of soul by focusing on how you feel. And Jesus is simply saying, you're mine, so let's act like it. And Reuben, the enemy, is going to pound. He's without mercy. He is relentless. And he's going to take the opportunity at this point in your life to try to destroy you. I know you belong to the Lord. He knows it. And you know it. And now what he's saying is, let's grow up and act like it. So, Reuben, I hope that helps. I love you. And I, I know that's very direct. Yes. But... That's what Jesus says, though. If anybody comes after me, he must... Pick up his cross daily, deny himself, and and feelings, and I know what I'm talking about. Feelings is the opposite of denying self. It's indulging self. And to use the scripture of, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, I do, um, as an excuse to keep doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. it flies in the face of, of what Jesus just said. Yeah. Deny yourself. You know, Paul, I think I think uh, what the, the difference between humans, not just Reuben, but anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Paul says, what I want to do, I don't want to do what I'm doing. I, I, the things I want to do, I can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates that. Yeah. And we don't hate it. We use it as an excuse to keep waffling back and forth between sure. those things. Sure. And uh, it's time. You're in a battle, Reuben, for the, for the fruitfulness that comes from your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, Reuben, you, you know, you're younger than I am, but um, I think we all have short time here. 
I think Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. And it's time to grow up. It's time to toughen up. Yeah. And I know people think that's really, really harsh, but the reality is uh, yeah. the times we live in require a really, really yeah. tough, mature yeah. believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and just so you know, Pastor Ron, um, our, that's part of your job, my job, and it's in Proverbs 24, verse 11. Reuben, please listen. It says, we are to rescue those being led away to death, hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If we say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? And yeah, we're we're thrilled that you've been calling in for 11 years, but right now, babe, we're trying to help you. We're trying to rescue you because you're being led away to death, and you're going willingly. So please. Remember, go to calvaryessay.com and listen to the study I did last night, especially when I got to Chapter 4. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to all of it, I don't blame you. But good. especially the part when I got to Chapter 4 and, and dealt with the verses that I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. Okay, Paul, I don't even know how much time we got left now, but just a little bit. Do. Just live it. So, well, we got five minutes. We just got five out. minutes. Okay, so the other thing that I wrote in the night was um, the rest of that Joshua 24, 15, 16. Um, you know, it says, choose this day. He's talking to the people, choose this day whom you will serve. And he goes on to say, but as for me and my house, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so you, we've made that declaration and the Lord every day, you know, Lord, help us to do what it is you've, you've caused us, you've called us to do, you've chosen us to do. And um, I like the, the other part, um, the other thing that I wrote was, do all that you have in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. You know, um, we want to. We say we want to follow Jesus with all of our hearts, and He says, "Love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength." You know, um, but do all that you have in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul, and that's following after Jesus too. But as your wife, Pastor Ron, that's that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm your armor bearer, so I'm holding up your arms. He said, do this radio program. They get heavy sometimes, don't they? Yeah, they do a little bit, but it's so worth it. And to see the numbers of people um, who do listen, you know, and some of the people who haven't listened and they've gone away, and to see some of those same said people come back and say, I know you were trying to love me. I just was being, you know, rebellious or stubborn, whatever that word you want to call it. But to see... Um, so many people um, hear the word of the Lord and put it into practice, and just the joy that what a life we get to. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. It's a real privilege. So that's how the Bible study started last night. God says, "You and you alone have I chosen out of all the peoples in the world," yeah. and I think we forget what a privilege and an honor it is. Yeah. And you know, Paula, um, we've had people come to this church; their lives so broken. Um, almost unrecognizable um, as as having anything to do with God. And you're right, the Holy Spirit has come alongside them and <laughs> kind of whispered in their ear, I'm here, and, and they've just changed so dramatically. Yeah. And that's your story, and it's my story. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we have to remember that for that we can be grateful, whether it's you, me, or Reuben. Um, I mean, God actually wants us in heaven. And while we're here, whatever time we have, um, he wants to use us to produce fruit for the kingdom of heaven so that he can hand his crown. Yeah. I talked about that in my study on Monday night. I said, we want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And so, you know, of course, patience. Patience is the roughest one, you know. <laughs> but, um, and I said, and Pastor Ron says, he'll, he'll be satisfied with, Good try, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know your heart. You tried well, mm -hmm. but, you know, but no. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, well messed, you messed things up, but <laughs> no. your heart was in the right your place. Your heart was nice in the try. right Nice try. Yeah. You don't have to be right if your heart is right. And if your heart is right, 
God takes care of those things. And so, you know, for those of you listening, we're we're thrilled that you pay attention. Um, and I love all the questions because a lot of times the questions that come in, other people are thinking it, and maybe they just don't have the, the nerve to call in. But then when they hear the answer, I sometimes when I'm at home, I'm like, hmm, yeah. It's like I'm going to church here, too even on the radio, with the radio program. We were supposed to kind of talk about that question um, about uh, pastors. Guy, the man called to be a pastor, and his family, maybe we'll have to do that next week, huh? I don't know. Unless if you have, can do it in one minute. You think I can do it in one minute? No. I don't either. It was uh, uh, Jefferson. He's called to be a pastor. What does my family and friends have? You, you kind of answered it really well. But being a pastor's wife, um, it's a privilege. It's joyful. It's scary. It's like, what do I do? You know, I'm married to the guy. But what does that have to do with me? You, you describe your life as like being the kite tail on a kite. Yeah, yeah. Just where the kite's going, I gotta go. And I try to remind pastor's wives, you're his wife. And the people in the church are watching um, how... He responds to you and how you Good. respond to him. We That's are it. out. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the date day edition of Word to Stand Up for Life. I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.